Hello and welcome to Hey! This movie looks scary as a kid and I really don't want to watch it. I'm Dan. I'm Michael. I'm Helena. And I'm Jamie. And this episode we decided that we would watch a scary movie that we didn't want to watch as a kid but because it, it looked too scary. But now we're watching it and this week we're watching The Thing. That 1982. 1982. Yeah, yeah, not the... We all watched the same one, right? Yeah, yes. we watched the good one. Yes. You mean we wow. didn't watch the 2011 one? I feel like we <laughs> need to stop recording and I need to go and do my homework. Who had seen this and who hadn't? Because I definitely hadn't. This was, no. this was my too first spoopy. time watching this. Too spoopy for my family. We never watched this film. Straight up, I saw it when I was way too young to watch it. Same, same. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, first time I watched this film, I, I was think probably in my early teens, so probably older than Mikey was, but yeah, it still <laughs> fucked me up pretty bad. So I watched it when I was young enough to not realise the sort of impact it had. So mm. not as in like, as a film, as in like how violent and a and like disgusting it is <laughs> like, that didn't like well, i was young enough that that didn't really cross my mind for, for me it wasn't so much the gore and the violence it was the the paranoia and the claustrophobia and stuff like that to the point that when i originally saw this i i had like a bootleg mp3 copy of it and um i i sneakily watched it when my parents were out of the house one time oh, and it completely screwed me up for the rest of the evening because i was at home on my own and it was dark outside so it was winter and after watching this film i had to go and turn all that all the lights on all across the house just because it was in my head and i couldn't stop thinking about it wow no. oh poor jamie no i, mean, I, I watched again afterwards and i loved it uh, i um so i had got totally the wrong end of the stick with this film from what i'd heard from pop culture and listening to other people talk about it and just you know i think everyone knows sort of of the thing because it is such a important film in horror um that as we've sort of dipped our toe in a bit i knew of it i thought that the whole point of this film was that it was a, an unseen monster thing where they got around the fact that they couldn't do great special effects by having the monster only really being other people um, no, so no. i was a bit surprised when mm. it goes full-on papier-mâché gore amazing special effects i was well. really uh, mm. really expecting there to be absolutely like just human on human violence in this so I, I think one thing that is worth mentioning about the film and it, it's one reason why I'm, I'm really happy that this was the first time that um, like you and Dan had seen this is because um, you get a completely different experience the first time you see the film because so much of what it does is relying on um, like tension and the build-up of paranoia and like fear of the unknown and that kind of stuff and when you go back and watch it afterwards you still you can still appreciate it as a really really good film but it loses some of that edge so like the first time you see it is is a different experience and I think because of that, like before we start pulling it to pieces here, if, if anyone is listening that hasn't actually watched the film, I'd like fully recommend you like you pause yeah. the podcast and go and actually watch it before we start spoiling stuff. And uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Dan, I know that's not going to do your engagement any good with the uh, <laughs> podcast metrics. <laughs> no, no that, pause, is, that is a, an absolute film. fair point, yeah. Pause, pause the podcast right now. To it afterwards. Yeah, yeah, pause the podcast right now. We'll wait. It's fine. It's only what, when an hour and a half? Nearly two hours? Hour yeah, yeah, uh, for um, for the best best viewing experience what you should do is you should mute the podcast leave it to play and then come back later on once you've watched the film yeah <laughs> oh, we're gonna have to be talking for a while guys let's strap yeah. in <laughs> yeah no this is a this is a film where most of the films we talk about you don't really have to have seen the film this is a film where it's like you have to go and watch the film yeah the, it's, it's a good experience as long as you're not like a total scaredy cat like yeah. it is it is worth watching it's not that horrific that you'll be scarred or like traumatized by it no and it's but not it's even a really good film like as long as you know you're an adult that has developed emotionally yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, maybe, okay, to all the eight-year-olds out there 
<laughs> like one, why are you listening to this show? Yeah, yeah. yeah. fuck off. <laughs> like, it's not even. So, some things that I don't like in horror is when gore is like really realistic and it, it just makes me cringe. Like, I can feel it. But this is so like over the top and ridiculous that it was fucking great. All well, the effects were oh, so good. Yeah. I love the. I guess it's stop motion that they use. No, it's all no, puppetry it's and all sorts. Yeah. yeah. They... Even when it even when it grows legs and scuttles out the room. Uh, yep. Yeah, some of it yep. is. Uh, puppets, animatronics. The I think the only exception is um, right at the very end of the film when they're having the big kind of like climactic fight in the uh, the cellar where the generator is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think there was some stop motion that was used for that monster when it bursts up out the floor. Um, oh, okay. Other than that, it's mostly yeah. like puppets and stuff. Yeah, I saw that one bit that because there's a bit where all the tentacles first burst out of the dog. Apparently, that bit was filmed backwards. Yep. So like they they pull them in and then yeah just like reverse the shot so they come out. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was so creative. That's what I the th- thing really struck me about the the monster in this is it is so creative and so amazing how they managed to make it so creepy and like yeah. having this the the bits of people in it in the I guess it's a homunculus. Yeah. Sort of, yeah, in a way, a sort of monstery homunculus, in that it's it's so many bits of whatever it's absorbed that people that and you see them sometimes more subtly than other times, but it's really interesting and the fact that it's never really the same monster twice as no. well. It's really cool. Yeah, like, that was keep on adding to it. Like it, you never really know what's going to happen. It's not you know that there's some really interesting scary monsters where you do see them and it's like oh shit you know what's coming and you know it's scary but the fact that this one changes every time also when you don't know if you're looking at it because sometimes it's a person yeah i think that's the strongest part of the film outside of the special effects because the special effects are quite literally groundbreaking they changed how 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 it was done mm-hmm. and like how special effects were approached in film was approached in films the guy that did, i can't remember his name but he was a, he, the special effects guy that worked on it it's a genius yeah he was literally um, 22 yeah, uh, he's an amazing person. Also the, overworked the, himself the... to the point he put himself in hospital. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he went to hospital yeah. for yeah. it. Yeah, blood, sweat and tears. Yeah, ho- uh, hospitalised for it. Not as in like an accident. Yeah, no, he just had to go to hospital for exhaustion. But like, the strongest part of this film is the fact that 90% of the time, the monster isn't on the screen. Mm. Yeah. Like, there isn't... Like... Oh, yeah, they don't rely on it. No. But when it's there, oh boy, is it there. And that's what really shocked me, because I was expecting it to be one of those unseen monsters where you just get like maybe the slither of something or it's all Hmm. you know smoke and mirrors and you just see it as a human but you never know if it's a real human or the thing yeah Um, Yeah. but no when it's there it is oh god you know it's there it's it's a shrimp cocktail with just (laughs) oh god yeah it's horrible it's a shrimp cocktail Um, that someone's dropped on the floor yeah (laughs) (laughs) along with several organs yeah the best example of that is the very first time you you see the thing which is um the the dog scene yeah Yeah. horrifying disgusting and terrifying um because you you know that something is wrong from the very beginning of the film when the norwegians are chasing a a husky in a helicopter trying to blow it up and shoot it and stuff and uh you you know you're in for a time because you're watching a film called the thing where the tagline is um i I think the ultimate in alien terror or something so you know there's there's something strange going on what you don't expect is to hear a commotion coming from the dog pen go to look and instead of like the off-screen skullduggery and like sleight of hand from the camera that you yeah i was kind of expecting all the dogs to have their throats brutally cut or something like that and it just be a real corvette and the monsters escaped but no no it's this big gross glistening tentacled monster that is partway through digesting all of the dogs 
and then they set it on fire with a flamethrower. And you're yeah. like, that is completely not what I was expecting from this film when I first saw it. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I was, I was rude, and I was absolutely hooked at that moment. I kind of knew the dog was the thing just from. I think my partner said something as well when he Ooh, like, awesome. and I was like, that, re- that confirmed. You're kind of my... meant to know that the oh, dog. Oh yeah, is the I mean thing. the dog's really obviously like not yeah. a dog. Yeah. yeah exactly. So I was so impressed though with that dog's acting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it was amazing. That was amazing. Like the way when he stares out the window. Yeah, and, like, and watches that bit them. Just before they put it in the pen, when the dog opens the door of its nose and then slowly walks towards yeah. the camera, and then just. I, I really wish I could see some outtakes of like how many times they had to do that because. Apparently not many. Apparently it was only like wow. three takes or something. Really well. Wow. And he was like, yeah. What a good boy. Like, very good husky. Husky's are like the most intelligent dog, so. Well, yeah, but that's like, why would they be interested in acting? <laughs> I don't think the like, dog oh, gets I want to go, go and run. <laughs> I want to go do some work. I don't think the dog gets, to, is like knowing, I don't think the dog knows that it's acting. The dog's not like, this is my Oscar moment. No, it is. It's like, a... Everyone step back. This is my Oscar moment. But, oh man, I like the, this isn't one of those podcasts where we're just going to be gushing about the film because it's just a great film. But yeah, the power of the film comes from not knowing where the thing is. And this is this is one of those films where in like modern horror you have all of like the setups and the 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 tropes and they're all the same in like a lot of horrors now. And you watch the thing and all of these tropes are in the thing. Yeah, the, it, it where it comes from. from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like it, the, it works because that's where it comes from. Like there was yeah. one one bit that um because so I had seen one scene from this because it's in everything, which is the um the defibrillator scene. So yeah. that normally if people are talking about special effects, that's the scene that comes up. So I knew what to expect in that one. But when they're doing the like blood sample testing. And I'm like, mm. it's going to be one of them. And then I didn't expect the blood to react that much. And then when yeah, the guy's yeah. head opens up and he just starts eating another person, I was like, fucking hell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's it really like that, that scene, scene is the tension in that. You can kind of yeah. get a knife because they literally, they, they so don't know yeah. who it's going to be. Well, it's more that he, he knows it's going to be, oh gosh, then we've got to do names. Yeah, what the he, only, was, he the... was sure it was the black guy because he was being so yeah. cold and like... The guy I thought it was was the the last guy that they test. But there was so there was one scene where so during that there's a bit where McCready yeah so he goes out because the one that has turned into the thing he goes out and flamethrowers it and then mm. comes back inside and they're still tied to the chairs and I'm like what if the thing had got them while he was outside in that bit and the blood he's testing is the blood he took before they became the thing uh, so I was still like any of them could still be the thing. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you said a moment ago as well, it's like you thought it was the last one that they tested. But you see, the thing about assimilated humans is it's, it's a bit like uh, losing your keys. It's always the last place that you check. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah no. But he was, yeah. he was really sure that it was going to be, yeah, Charles. Charles, well, yeah. And then he's, when it isn't him, that's like such an oh shit moment. Um, yeah, the, there's yeah. also the moment when um, they test the, uh, the dog handler's blood because he tried to stab McCready uh, and he shot him in the head. And uh, they're like, well, obviously he was an alien because he's just trying to jump me for running a tank. Yeah, no, he wasn't. No, he's just a paranoid guy. Yeah. 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 So the bit at the beginning where the Norwegians are shooting the dog, like, obviously it's only fire that that does kill the thing, or, or at least, like, hurts it because they the thing like reacts to the gunshots so it, it, it's obviously like when they go to the old norwegian place and it's all burnt out which is fucking amazing storytelling like having yeah. that whole thing being like the aftermath was great but yeah it's clear that they were trying to shoot the dog thing to wound it and then like 
obviously the helicopter was full of like gasoline and shit. So then they were going to burn it once they got it. Mm. But yeah, like it's a, a hell of an opening to, to the film. Um, when I was watching that first scene, I that bit where he like throw it almost like he throws the uh, grenade behind himself by accident. Yeah, mm. it was odd. really strange. I was like, okay, how do you fuck up that badly? But then it's like, <laughs> well, actually, no. These people must be at like the wit's cut, end. That their wit's end. Like you see how obviously f- fucked up Kurt Russell is at the end, and they yeah, these guys they were well enough to get into a helicopter, and I'm like now I'm thinking. No wonder they missed the dog so many times. Like, mm. I'd be absolutely quaking in my boots. Yeah, they'd yeah. probably been awake for days on end and um, were just, like, riddled with paranoia and, and uh, you know, terror. And they had to kill or watch their whole crew be killed. The yeah. um, the guy that they find where he's got the, the frozen blood that's poured out of his wrists and, like, the huge cut in his neck that he's given him, like, he's committed suicide. Yeah. That, just... I mean, that, I also, at that point, I still hadn't, the fear hadn't set in for me yet. So I was there just like, how did he do all of that? So that, that guy that had killed himself reminded me a lot of uh, Blair who was like the doctor scientist who did like the mm. data analysis to work out how dangerous the thing actually was and then yeah. went on a rampage to make sure no one would escape because yeah. it was just too dangerous to let anyone leave. And I, I thought Blair was a really interesting character as well because um, it, it's like Blair came to the same conclusion as McCready, but like several days beforehand. He he did those an, like initial back of the napkin sums, saw the well, writing on the wall. Well, he didn't do it on the back well, of the napkin. Yeah. He, can he, we, he did it on the best computer I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like fantastical movie logic AI stuff. Like I, that did make me laugh out loud when I when I saw it on the rewatch um, because I'd forgotten quite how silly that, that was. <laughs> as the kids call it, big maths. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> But yeah, just uh, Blair kind of like locking himself away in his room and everyone else getting concerned about him and thinking, has he been taken? But really it's because he's like working up the courage to destroy all the helicopters and take out the communications systems and, you know, make sure that nothing leaves the base alive. But what makes that even more complicated and interesting is you don't know when exactly he was actually assimilated and how much of it was Blair legitimately trying to stop the creature and how much of it was the creature trying to kill all of the other outpost staff so it could freeze itself and be rescued at some point in the future yeah, yeah. there's such a there's such a gray area with that isn't it because you never mm. see we visit him and he's very clearly human at one point and then you visit again and you've just got the hat like the the hole in the the snow where he's built a spaceship yeah i mean when they visit him when he's human as well and like you just see that he's got a noose in the room with him so it's like cool if he realizes he's the thing he's gonna end himself as well <laughs> like well, if he realises he's the thing, he's well, not going to realise you're the thing. Um, you're dead. I think that, yeah. that's the, that's the yeah. confute. That's the sort of the yeah. It's the it's like way do they your mind as well is that you mm. you, you don't. Because you're still seeing the character on the screen, you don't really accept that they're dead. Yeah, yeah. it's like, do they know that they're the thing, or do they not quite yeah. know that they're? No, the they're thing? not the they thing. They're, they're, no. they're not. They're not no. them. They are yeah. just the thing at that point. The thing yeah. in disguise. Yeah, the thing is digests and and absorbs whatever it is wants to turn into. Mm. Um, to the point where if it digests you completely, it can it knows everything about you. I think is implied because it yeah. said. When what I can't remember who it is, but they won walk in at one point, and one of them is being digested, and it's very embarrassing. Um, <laughs> for the thing he's eating, and they walk in. Bunnings? Yeah, in the Bunnings? cupboard, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's because that's the bit where, um, yeah, you've got that weird frozen body that they found in the Norwegian place, 
And then yeah. as they put the cover over it and they like are talking in the back of the room, you just see it moving slightly and it's like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. alive. So yeah, you, you don't become the thing, the thing becomes you and digests you. Because that's what it was doing to the dog. Yeah. When it was mm-hmm. spitting on the dog, it was digesting it. Which is what I think like an incredible part of the film is how it sets up its rules. Because it is a very complicated set of like universe rules of we need to introduce this monster called the thing, which we never like fully give it a name. It's called the thing. No, it's like just an alien. And, yeah, well, there, is, there is a same, couple of times. Same an alien, isn't it? Where it's mm. just an yeah. alien. And yeah, there are absorbed. a couple of times in the film where Kurt, Kurt Russell actually says that thing or the thing, and you, yeah. you're going like, "He said the thing. He said the <laughs> thing." Like, <laughs> and then you're like, "Well, actually, yeah. that makes sense because what?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. What like I, I, I like how it's like the um, you, you know, there's like old horror. I think even older than this horror movies, there's the there's the one that's just giant ants and it's called them. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, there's <laughs> like a whole series of them but um the way it sets up it, its rules as in from like the go where you learn that the thing exists and what it does and then you learn it to- slowly teaches you how it does it and then it slowly teaches you like this is what will happen when it does the thing and it can completely become someone or a different animal and it knows how to behave like them and get away with it and it tells mm. you the end of the movie quite early on because you see the burnt out norwegian camp yeah. Yeah. yeah, it tells you exactly yeah. what's going to happen. It's yeah. just you've got that the drive of the humans to survive. Yeah, yeah. apparently the 2011 remake is technically a prequel about that Norwegian camp. Yeah, I've not seen it, but yeah, apparently. Uh, I, I never bothered to watch it because um, I'd, well, I'd heard bad things yeah. anyway, and they they changed the way it was being produced. So they they went from like practical effects like the original film to very cgi heavy yeah the, the weird yeah. thing is they filmed it with practical effects and then the studio were like no that looks bad put cgi over it which yeah, is I, I yeah odd choice. No, i'm not i'm not gonna bother but like i can i mean spoilers for the end this is probably not gonna be the only time i watch this movie no <laughs> it's can... so good so this was one of the big visual effects films to sort of ever exist it's this one like jurassic park are the two big ones where you go the visual the the like the special effects the practical effects are what make the film yeah yeah so the problem is is there's always an argument of why like the remake why did it use cgi why do so many films now use cgi instead of practical effects because practical effects are better which yeah 90 percent of the time they are special effects isn't used that much anymore just because it's more expensive and to look back on this film and be like how much of its budget must have gone into getting the monster the thing to work right Hmm. because every scene is is every time it's on it is perfectly done yeah yeah there's there wasn't a single time where i was like that looks weird. I don't like. Well, apart from the fact that it's a horrific, like, goring mess of oh, people. Yeah. Some of the face, <laughs> yeah. you know, the, the the very famous sort of twisty two faces. Yeah, it, that mm. looked very plaster sceney, rubbery. Yeah. It was also like um, the eighties and the first. Yeah, no, time no it's still it's still fantastic, yeah. but it, it is like that's the bit that was like for me it was like okay i'm not scared of that because it just doesn't look even remotely yeah the yeah. For, for me it's the bit of... was uh when when the guy's face like the the guy whose head splits in two when his face still like first starts oh, that, like bul- that bulging up and stuff so silly that scene mm. is so silly yeah. um like everything up to that point is wonderful and then his head splits open and he bites uh, one of the other guys mm. And it's very obviously a cloth mannequin that they're just waving around like, <laughs> against the furniture and then sticking to like, the ceiling. And stuff. It was great though. Like I did really oh, yeah, enjoy yeah. that scene. But yeah, just the the first shot of his face when it first starts like exploding outwards. I was like, okay, that's a little bit different. But you know, it's it, it's very hard to 
really pick holes in this. There is one major hole I can pick, and it bothers me. And it it bothers me on like so it opens fully with a like the alien ship landing. Oh, I don't like that. No, yeah, and like that bothered me so much because number one, there was no need for it. Mm. Like there, you could the film is way more impactful when you remove that. I watched the like re version of it. Yeah, the, the remastered one. Version. Yeah, I watched that. I can't. I don't know if this scene is in the old one or they just added it to the remastered one. No, it, it is in that one. So the reason at the start the Universal logo just says Universal is because they didn't want to confuse audiences by having the Universal logo where it normally has the planet <laughs> and then have the alien spaceship land on it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> low expectations they have of audiences. No, that's fair. But yeah, no, that opening sequence, it doesn't. I don't like it. Because that, that said, with it's the opening, terrible CGI. I, I yeah. do really love the the thing, the actual words that appear, and the effects yeah. of how that was done. And yeah, yeah. yeah the way really it clever. blends, it blends from it being the world to just being dark to the, with the light shining through it. it really, yeah. it, that was like it went from oh god, is this going to be more crap CGI? <laughs> yeah, to, no. Oh, actually, no, how they did it was pretty cool. Doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that title card for the thing, the, the way they actually pulled off that effect is really interesting as well. So they, they took a big fish tank and they stretched a black plastic bag, like a bin bag over it. And they had a smoke machine fill up the area behind the bag and uh, a backlight shining up for it all. And then they used a match to burn out the letters. And they had to do so many takes because the letters kept going wrong or the matches would go out or, or stuff yeah. like that. The song. Yeah, I, I, I like to think the, song. the majority of the $15 million budget was just them to, like buying this plastic bags to repeat, to repeat um, shots for the going down, going down Wilco, just like <laughs> fucking putting a trolley full of bin bags. As a huge, and that and a huge match budget. Yeah. Oh, apparently yeah, they also just... used a lot of um, KY jelly. Yeah. Popular lubricant. Yeah. yeah, that and the other thing they used for the like slime on the monster was apparently something that you find in hair gel, and if you mix that with water, it goes very like luby. Uh, you, you know, um, the scene where Bennings dies, like the guy that's um rudely disturbed in the storeroom and then climbs out the window and then uh gets set mm. on fire with his yeah. horrible mm. tentacly hands. Um, well, one of the things that they did to make him look really slimy was use like all of that stuff, but one of the other effects that they used was mayonnaise, which oh. is <laughs> utterly disgusting to me. Yeah, that's, that's a I don't get paid enough kind of moment that's reminding me of um like in alien where the um when the synth dies his insides was uh marbles and pasta and i think milk (laughs) yeah (laughs) normally in like old films when you see rain on screen it's milk because water doesn't show up i'm sinking in the milk yeah no i think that was milk (laughs) i I genuinely think that that was milk that's that's fine for the first day of filming yeah Yeah. rain doesn't show up well things get real cheesy (laughs) (laughs) I, i think it's like watered down milk but it's still milk Oh, uh, so so uh, the the red cap milk then. Yeah, skim milk. Skim milk. Yeah, skim milk. Yeah, skim milk. <laughs> um, yeah no. When you look up like old visual and even like modern films that use a lot of visual effects, when you start looking into how they're done, you're like, shit, these people are resourceful. Yeah, yeah. But you know, this person was like, "What do we use?" I don't know. Throw some KY jelly at it. So, yeah, know. and they're like, "Do you have any?" He was like, "No." Do you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. While they were having uh, Rob, Rob Boston just opened his wardrobe it. and there was like a nine-gallon like jug of the stuff. Yeah. Well, they probably just say we need something that has this consistency. Yeah. Uh, go. Here's 
the company credit card, go and find something. <laughs> go into town and go into every <laughs> shop and find something. And, and it's like they've gone to a butcher's, they've gone to Poundland. Mm. <laughs> yeah. They've gone to the gro- grocery well, shop. The eggs, I know we're not talking about it, but it's the sort of era of film. Um, the eggs in Alien are made with uh, pig guts. Yeah, the um, uh, intestines. The autopsy scene in this was uh, like real animal guts and stuff as well. I'm going to yeah. say the organs look pretty legit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the the autopsy scenes as well. Like one thing that really squicks me out was the fact that um, they are operating on this obviously alien creature, and um, they're using very thin like wrist length. Oh yeah, no, he's, <laughs> he really <laughs> goes all yeah. like he's elbow deep in in the guts, and I'm like, mate, put on at least put on the like you know the, the, the elbow calf, length ones. Like yeah, the, the real. Well, like a hazmat suit or something. Just borrow some marigolds out of the kitchen, at least. They were in the middle of nowhere. What do you expect them to do? (laughs) I guess not go elbow deep in an alien. I guess you just expect them to have better gloves at hand, like at least maybe a couple of pairs. I guess at no point were they expecting to do an autopsy. No. (laughs) They weren't going up there to do autopsies on things. Also, like, other than this alien, what would you do an autopsy on? Like, what other creatures are up there? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's the Antarctic, right? So, cleaning. yeah, actually, that is something that I was thinking about earlier on because, um, like, they, they obviously had the, the armory cupboard that was full of shotguns. So, it, it wasn't just improvised weapons, they had actual firearms there. Yeah. And then I was thinking, okay, this isn't the Arctic. They're not fighting off polar bears. And presumably, they're not fighting off the Soviet Union in the Antarctic either. You don't know that. Like, what, what are all the shotguns for? Is it for, like, really vicious penguins? Or... Yeah, yeah. It might be. Yeah, the, uh, maybe it's just, you know, in case the Norwegians come a-knocking. <laughs> it might have, it genuinely might have also just been, like, a kind of madness that happened. Yeah. yeah it's like, just in case. Also, yeah, uh... I guess maybe it's part of the deal is, like, okay, you've got to all go down. You've got to go to Antarctica, and we're not going to give you any way of defending yourself if things go wrong, but also you won't have contact for this many months of the year. Yeah. Were, like, actually, can you just give us, like, put them in a glass, you know, in a, in a glass box, but can we have some shotguns, please? Yeah. Or in case of alien break glass? <laughs> or just, yeah, yeah, or in case of madness break glass. <laughs> in case someone is getting dangerous break glass. I feel like this is a staple film that I like. I hate the idea. I hate. I hate the the when people say like, "Oh, you, this is a list of films that everyone needs to see." The thing is, if you like horror and you like visual effects, you have to see the thing. It is weird as well that it came out so close behind Alien. Yeah, like the, these two kind of groundbreaking films that kind of set the standards for so much that came after them, and they came out really close together as well. Yeah, you know, you mentioned the tagline about like um, Alien Terror. They literally only put that to try and claw some of the fame out of Alien, mm. <laughs> just yeah, by I, having I, the word Alien in there. I personally yeah. think the original tagline is far squickier and Ooh, nastier yeah, in, in terms really of cool. what the film is actually about. It's man is the warmest place to hide. Yeah, <laughs> that is an incredible is tagline. That... Ugh. Is that the tagline of the porn version? <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, that porn one's version the thong, the yeah. <laughs> so, uh, w- one of the things that they did for this film is, um, you know the entire outpost complex? Mm-hmm. Yep. They actually built it in Alaska. Yeah, they so did that. So, the, uh, the whole thing, intern- like internal shots, outside shots, it's all an actual complex. And at the end of filming, for like the, the climactic fight when they're killing the, um, the Blair thing and burning down the compound... They actually blew it up with dynamite. Yep. And then the Norwegian one that they go around is actually just the burnt out wreckage of that. Yeah. So yeah. they didn't have to build two. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, that makes sense. Yeah. So um, one, one thing that I do find really interesting about the scene when they blow the, um, the outpost up mm-hmm. is when all the explosions are going off, it almost looks tacky and fake to like modern sensibilities. 
but that was a real explosion. They actually yeah. destroyed it. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think it's because we're so conditioned to know and expect what an explosion looks like in a CGI film that when you actually see a real one where stuff is legitimately getting taken to pieces, it doesn't look real. It, it's um. It seems underwhelming. Strange. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a bit like um. Have you guys seen Heat before? Yeah. Like the heist film. Like there's there's a scene where there's a gunfight where they're moving up through the city and the gunfire sounds really real and that's because they were using uh, blanks and stuff and that was the actual sound recording from on set. They had mics like all around where they were filming, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. And, and like most films with, with gunfire and then they dub over on top of it for the sound of what people expect gunfire should sound like. So it's like this thing where something is almost too real for audience to accept it because we're used to the the fake alternatives that are in most films yeah that's standard in films really yeah it happens all the time it's weird in the same way that like when someone gets shot they don't fly backwards yeah <laughs> <laughs> but we accept that that's what's gonna happen yeah that's, that's um, another when... thing um, that i liked about this was like yeah it wasn't a, once they realized that like shooting it wasn't doing too much it was just let's burn the fucking thing burn it mm. yeah I mean, what else are you going to do up there? Yeah, what other I guess it also does have? give you lead you to the question of why did they have like multiple flamethrowers? Uh, Again, madness. <laughs> Defrosting stuff okay, in the Antarctic, got, I'm guessing. They got real cold. Yeah, I, I think they really do actually use flamethrowers for defrosting stuff yeah yeah i think so yeah. like the the set of it all was pretty cool as well i like how claustrophobic it felt but it did it felt like a real sort of research station sort of thing yeah oh, and yeah like how how real it felt i i really liked that as well in terms of how the characters reacted for the most part there were some exceptions so um like when everything is initially going wrong with the norwegians and like one of them blows themselves off and the other one gets shot through the head and dies like the way that the, the station crew reacts seems really reasonable and grounded so like they actually investigate what happened they they explore the norwegian outpost uh they they actually take evidence back so they can examine it back at their base and it seems like things that you would actually do to try and get to the bottom of a mystery like you don't seem to have people making like stupid contrived decisions just to push the plot forward like you would in a lot of other horror films yeah and the only reason i said with some exceptions because there are there are some things that grind my gears a little bit and uh this relates to blair's project uh fuck i just flubbed that word um student i suppose uh one of the scientists that no, no, no. safety sidestep there yeah yeah student um so the person who takes over trying to work out all of blair's notes after he gets locked up for being crazy and um like mccready drops in on him and says how's everything going you all good and then kind of like fucks off then the power gets switched off so he takes a candle out of his desk lights it starts shouting is anyone there and wanders off on his own and goes outside hmm. like guy by this point you know how this thing hunts yeah like, it, it it's very people. odd when people start going off on their own it's like uh, at any point where they're like cool you stay on your own that that was like no don't do that yeah like, they do split up a lot and it is each time i was like okay well one of you is gonna die yeah exactly yeah, one of you's not gonna be you when you get back i really love about the the construction of every scene is is top tier the fact that every scene where tension is happening the uh, blood scene is the best example yeah. it starts off very tense and it's an argument it starts when well, no, it starts off loud because they're arguing and then it cuts to very like quiet and tense and then it's panic done yeah. amazingly well it's just like screaming utter panic and it, so mm. many of the scenes happen in that format of it's an argument then it's quiet 
terror and then it's sheer panic. Yeah, they yeah, really. Yeah, I mean, I, it, uh, the way they sort of lo- launch themselves at each other mm. as well to like attack them when they and it's like in the back of their minds they've all seen the monster and they know what it looks like if you hurt it, but they're still that human instinct to just attack. Would, is it's them like, tied to tied to the chairs. Yeah. That's the like scariest part of the entire film for me. Mm. Oh, when is... they're tied to the chair and it starts transforming. Yeah, like mm. next oh, to God. them. That's yeah, the scariest. Like, panicking. Yeah, that was that was yeah. great. One well, one thing that I noticed as well, which I feel like I might pick up more if I rewatch this at some point, but I'm not hundred percent sure how true this is. But obviously, where the thing is like damaged by fire and stuff, I'm pretty sure that any character that is like always saying no don't use the flamethrower or why are you using that other ones that end up being the thing like the ones that are happy to just sort of like use fire like kurt russell's using the flamethrower the whole time so i'm like if he was genuinely the thing i don't think he would if you know what i mean yeah so my my take on re-watching the film and i like i said at the very beginning that it does lose something a little bit on the the rewatch because you you don't have that same feeling of the unknown and the paranoia because you know a little bit more about what's ahead but i, I will say that on the rewatch what you would expect with this kind of film is that there's lots of like subtle foreshadowing and like nods and stuff as to like who it's going to be and, and all that kind of stuff but you don't really get that oh, okay. and i i was trying to work out why that was and i did some like reading around to see if anyone else had like come to any good conclusions on that and um i ended up doing some reading about how the actors were actually directed to play themselves because lots of the actors were saying in a given scene am i the thing you know have have i been assimilated like should i be reflecting that in how i'm portraying this character at this given moment and the direction that they were given is it's irrelevant it doesn't matter the thing looks like you it smells like you it acts like you there is no way of telling until it triggers and attacks someone yeah so like none of the actors were given a heads up of whether or not they were the thing until they were suddenly called to actually play it in a scene where they transformed so because that you don't get that like subtle foreshadowing where you can like look at someone's behavior beforehand because it doesn't matter yeah because it will still act like they they would have in the first place yeah 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 it doesn't want you to mm. know either it's not like i mean there's there's plenty of horror films that kind of want you to be able to work it out. Yeah, it's, it's not like at some point, like a character just turns towards the camera and winks at you. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, and, you know, the, the foreshadowing this film in the thing isn't, it isn't, oh, who is the thing at this point? Where is it? What's it doing? The foreshadowing is all about the story. The film tells you what's going to happen before it yeah. happens. Yeah. yeah, although but... I, I do think that assimilation on the Orient Express could be pretty hilarious. Horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I was thinking that like if if they were going to remake this like a different setting like on a boat or something would be I really interesting. I, I've got a crew of think... old people. I don't think any other setting would work. No, like, genu- I, I, because it, yeah. the, the reason they're using fire is I don't think it's because the alien the the thing keep going to call it the alien. It's got a name. It's called yeah, the, the thing. thing. Yeah, the it's... thing is weak to fire. I don't think it's weak to fire. No, I, I think, think it's just to it's... stop it from freezing. Yeah, that's no, what it it's wants to trying do. to freeze itself. It's trying to go outside and be cold so it can wait for whatever. Yeah, yeah. like that's it what it wants to do. Actually, try that hard though. It could just walk off in any random direction, couldn't it? Yeah, surely if it just ran off and kept going, it would freeze again. But it needs to kill everyone first. But then if it went in a random direction, no one would find it to wake it up again. No, exactly. No, they find find it years later when they accidentally dig up the thing instead of Captain America. And then we have a very different Avengers movie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's the point is it, it knows it's in a incredibly isolated area where no one goes yeah so it, it needs hosts it needs things to live off but so it that, also needs more hosts to, to come 
that's why the dog, the husky, which is obviously a, a good a good animal for that environment, that's why the husky runs to the camp because maybe it can smell them yeah. or or knows because it's absorbed the other Norwegians who were aware of the camp. Yeah, yeah. I think it also knew that the surviving Norwegians had it beat because they'd completely destroyed the camp and there were still survivors that were hunting it. Yeah. So at that point, its only option was to run and like real Hail Mary shot, go for the Americans and see if it can turn the tables there. But and I, I the Norwegians it... blow themselves up. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's a distinctly anti-Norwegian part of the film. But... <laughs> also, was it, I'm assuming it's the same It's the same helicopter, isn't it? Because I did a double take there. Like, they, they obviously hired one helicopter and changed the stickers. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because it just says Norge, and then the next time you see a helicopter, it's the exact same brown helicopter with USA. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there's someone out there that's very angry about it. Yeah, and he's, they're he's probably very much like this is a different. The, the Norwegians never used this type of helicopter. <laughs> like one star. Uh, <laughs> one star. One thing that I I don't think I brought this up because this hasn't happened in a podcast before, so I haven't been able to get excited about it. But there is a pinball machine in this film, hey. which is hey. great for me. Big pinball fan. <laughs> I so I, I was um, told that we have a, a list of things that we were waiting for, <laughs> and that was one I, of the trap phrases. <laughs> I, I, I literally wrote in my notes, I put money on Helena mentioning the pinball machine. Well, of course, how about <laughs> anyway, I used sorry, to work in a pinball arcade. Yeah, that, that completely caught me flat-footed then, I wasn't expecting that, I'd, I'd put my phone away and everything. So. <laughs> Um, it's a heat wave. It's a brilliant pinball machine. I actually have played this one multiple times. It's a really good machine. It's got like a temperature gauge in it. So when like your aim is to like increase the temperature up until you make a heat wave and then you, you know, oh, that's, that's almost like some sort of foreshadowing. Or something. Yeah, that's no, really it's, it's brilliant. Cool. And it's, I really liked it. They, they have the heat wave machine. Cause I was like, Ooh, with the fire and everything like that, that's in this film. It's a, it's the perfect machine. Yeah. Uh, and they keep playing this game with the thing until they get to the point where they burn it to the ground, which is, you know, mm. it's there. It's the, 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 it's a good choice for a pinball machine. I also like that they had the Asteroids game as well. Um, yeah, that's That arcade game, because that's just a classic, and you can't have, like, a space movie. What I also like, though, uh, because this happens a lot in pinball machine in, in films with pinball machines, they don't, like, actively have a scene where they d- just destroy the pinball machine, or, like, throw <laughs> someone through the glass, things like that. No. I mean, obviously, the, the truck or what snowplow, whatever, gets driven into the rec room, and the pinball machine obviously gets pretty destroyed, but it's not an actual... No one gets thrown through the glass, which happens in pretty much... It's like Chekhov's gun... A pinball machine, like you will see it, and you almost always see someone, like by the fifth act, has been thrown through that pinball machine. Mm-hmm. But one, Kurt Russell does put his drink on it at one point, which oh, totally took me out of it, and I was straight back to my arcade days where I'd be like, nope, don't do that, no drinks on the tables, please. <laughs> yeah, that was that was yeah. always stressful. Um, I, I think it goes without saying as well, but I, I really love Kurt Russell as McCready in this. And he's gorgeous, isn't he? Yeah, like that that beard and hair as well. Um, I found his floppy hair and his blue eyes a little bit distracting because I just want to give him a hug. <laughs> it's like he's like a spaniel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like you, you get a really good sense of McCready's characterization right from the very beginning as well. And um, like there were there were three things that I took away about McCready's character from the very beginning. One is that you shouldn't leave him unsupervised around computers. Hmm. <laughs> um, the second is that he he really fucking likes big hats. And three is that he is pathologically incapable of understanding the difference between Swedes and Norwegians. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't realise that this was uh, Keith David's first like film role as well. Yeah, wow. pretty pretty big star now. Uh, out of everyone in this, I'm pretty sure yeah, him and Kurt Russell are probably the the biggest people to come out of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I 
was looking through the trivia and I was like, oh wow, that this was literally yeah the the first big film he did. This film is really well acted throughout. Like yeah. everyone in yeah. it is. There was no, at no point where I was like that person can't act. That person shouldn't be in this film. They were all really good. Yeah, and even I, the dog. I, yeah, the either the, the dog that they got. All of the dogs were great. But yeah, the, and I think that is also down to at no point was any of them playing the villain. Yeah. Like none of them were playing the villain. No, they were, they were playing all just normal terrified. characters. Well, they were playing normal people. The villain didn't know that they were the villain. No. <laughs> so and they I mean, never. Yeah, they they also like it's whilst this this film lacks variety in in some ways, like the 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 fact that they're not all scientists. Like obviously you've got weird dog guy whose job there yeah. I think is to take care of the dogs. Yeah. And you've got the scientists that obviously immediately try and like write it down and like sort out and study it and work out what's going to happen in their way and then you've got um, kurt russell's way of this a little bit more he's a helicopter pilot yeah. Just, yeah just get as as elbow deep as possible into the yeah. monster yeah <laughs> which is how um, a group like that would be as well you'd have all these different people yeah. with different roles and, and stuff. getting frustrated and angry with each other for not doing it their way as well yeah so like yeah. that miscommunication is actually quite genuine there because they all want to do it their way and they struggle with you know, obviously Kurt Russell does take charge, but it's yeah. it's difficult, and no one, you know, they all got different ways they to do it. Yeah, and the thing is terrible at communication. Oh yeah, <laughs> it, it not only does it its way, it sits there and sulks the entire time. Maybe Mouths it's are not so... just for biting. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really interesting thing about the thing communication. There is a short story called The Things, which is non uh, non canonical. Um, however, it did win a load of awards and is also extremely controversial for its ending. Uh, and it's basically telling the story of the film from the perspective of the thing. And it's a really interesting read. It's not very long, hmm. but yeah, controversial. Ending. Yeah. What does it say about the ending? Because I did like how the ending of this is is a cliffhanger because, yeah, yeah they both sit there and it's like the thing wants to freeze. N neither of them are going to act on it if they are the thing because they want to freeze and the other one doesn't want to risk killing the other person in case they're not the thing as well like because it's, it's literally just Kurt Russell and Keith David left at the end yeah mm. so what what happens it do you know what happens Jamie in the uh in in the short story that that is explicitly answered um however it isn't like canon for the film so it doesn't really answer that one way or okay. the other but um yeah in, in the short story uh Charles is actually the thing yeah I guess in, when you're doing it from the thing's perspective the thing isn't going to be like, well, I'm not telling you. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and some I, men sat there. I was one of them. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you part, part of me was wondering if somehow by that end scene they both were and just didn't Well, that's know, where but... the film gets confusing is that you you don't really know if the thing split because you, you're told that it can any part of it will be a thing, but then well, you don't end up with like a whole army of things. Well, I think it's it's the thing isn't what isn't a single organism. It's thousands. Yeah, mm. like it's the, like when the blood starts like fucking freaking out and stuff. Which yeah, I like mean, the they head walked away. Yeah, they probably should have like used gloves for that blood scene as well. To be honest, <laughs> they're like, oh, you can be infected through a single blood cell. But we're just gonna poke some blood. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that they were too worried. Um, no, I, I don't think that there's much that they couldn't go on. Everyone tie everyone down. Yeah. Okay, good. I'm going to go yeah. get some blood. And when they kind of explode <laughs> it as well, and I'm like, well, now there's thing bits everywhere. Yeah. I think it needs. I don't know if they ever make. I think it's kind of. They might have explained it at some point that it needs to be like a certain amount of the organisms together. Maybe, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I think it's one of those things where it's really just their best guess, and that's not like objective truth, and there's no way to verify for sure because yeah. the only way to 
find out is to die, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> also, <laughs> when, when all, all in the name of science, but um, probably not a step I'd be willing to take. And when you're writing a film like that, you can't be like, if you go into that much detail and try to explain it that much, the most of the film will be a lecture on how the thing works. Yeah, besides, I'm sure that's what the tie-in comic books and the video game and all the rest of it are for. They made yeah, a video. exactly. Yeah, there was there was one in two thousand and two for the PS two, I think, and it was also quite terrifying when I was younger. Did you play it? Uh, I borrowed it for a bit, and uh, I can't remember where it went after that. You, that novel short story that you talked about, mm-hmm. like I guess it was written as like a horror. It was written to be scary. I in my head, it's written as like a fancy like Victorian novel. Do a diary. <laughs> yeah, like a diary entry. From the point perspective of the today, thing. I awoke a dog, and now I go to bed a man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those weird. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, you, how great would that be if it was just not scary? If it was just when well, I met <laughs> some lovely it's, people today. It's not really scary in the same way that the film is. Um, I mean, if if anyone wants to look it up, it is on the uh, the Clark's World online magazine, which is like it's a science fiction and fantasy. It's about how the thing is as scared as the people as they are. <laughs> Uh, kind of, yeah, yeah. kind of. Like, I, I don't want to get too much into the details in case anyone does actually want to read it. And, and again, like, it is controversial for the closing sentence, I would say. But it's definitely worth a read because it's a very interesting perspective on the story. I just, I want it to be in in diary form. Like, he's a Victorian, like, the thing is a Victorian lady waiting for her husband to return home. It'd be the opposite, though, because in a lot of those books, the lady dies because she got a bit cold. <laughs> she got a, she got she caught the hysteria and oh, no. it brought her. And she died uh, three days later. A ton of nerves. Yes. Yeah, she died of nerves. <laughs> and her face exploding. <laughs> While we're on the Nerve. topic of yeah. ladies, mm-hmm. I do have to bring this up. There are none. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, that is that is the the only odd. Bit. I know in the remake there are a couple. Um, yeah, well, because they're not going to make yeah, a, they're so... not going to make a remake and miss like such a glaring thing. No. it's one of those ones where I'm like, okay, I I guess, but at the same time, yeah. like from what I it saw, been nice. uh, from what I saw, there was a um a couple of characters that were cast with women in the roles, but they had to drop out and they were, I guess, just replaced with men. Still a bit shit, but <laughs> like yeah, uh, jo- John Carpenter had some interesting things to say about that decision like okay. i'm not really sure how well they hold up but um he said that he thought it was interesting that it was a story that was all about men and their reactions of course he did to the to the circumstances because as far as he was concerned because there were no women present the men were acting uh, genuinely because they didn't have to like posture and put on a face for the women that were there um which I, I don't think that would go down very well if a director said that in an interview these days. No, I mean, no, I, I know what it, you mean. You could it, easily replace any of these characters with a woman and it would still be I do be feel like, yeah, exactly they just the didn't same. really try very hard. And yeah. there's this idea of, you know, I guess then they'd be like, well, if we have a woman and she's in this base for how many months of the year, of course she's going to be in a relationship and then we've got that dynamic and we just don't want to have that in this horror film and also, blah, 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 blah. Like another really shitty side to the marketing of films mm-hmm. is... It, at that point, even now, people are like, women don't want to watch horror films. Like, women don't like, it, it, especially at that point, it was like, women don't like horror films, so we don't put women in horror films. But if they are, they're the damn You could films. at least partially attribute that to the fact that, like, lack of representation of interesting characters yes, and a lot 100%. of the women that were in those films were just mm. treated as victims to get oh, slashed up. 
hundred yeah, percent. That's yeah. exactly when what you're going to be murdering all of them anyway. Does it really matter? No, but, some of them are women. It's that, like, was, that, was, that was the mentality. Yeah, okay. no, I, no, I know. We I don't know put women in these films because women don't want to watch it. And it's like, no, women don't want to watch it because there are no women in these films. And then when you do have women in, in some of these films, especially in remakes or like, I guess in a bit of a loose example, but like in the, the Hobbit films where they've really shoehorned some female characters in there almost in a way that is like, you know, okay, we understand that there's no women in this film, but you've you've not actually added them in in a meaningful way. It's, it's just like, okay, now you're just doing, you're treating women and women's representation of films as a tick box exercise. Yeah, exactly. And then you get the um, like toxic fans that are like, a woman in this movie? <laughs> like, it's not just bullshit. Naming names, Ghostbusters fandom? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> fucking all. No one gave a shit about Ghostbusters that much until that yeah. fucking movie came out. But um, yeah, I, I think it's it's interesting how like the thing like we've compared it to Alien recently, yeah. and they both have taken very different approaches. Where like John Carpenter seems to have wanted to tell a story about men doing manly things in a manly environment, whereas um, in Alien they've come to the conclusion that the story that they're telling isn't inherently gendered. Like yeah. the the gender of the characters well, is. I think that's why it's, yeah. so why it's frustrating that <laughs> these two films come out so close to to each well, other because. No, Alien is incredibly gendered. The point of Alien is how gendered it is. Um, so mm, the the R word, the R word. You know what the R word is, right? I don't want to say it. I don't like saying it. Rich um, <laughs> Yes. Late in French. Uh, yeah. Uh, sexual assault. Yeah. Oh, that one. Oh, um, oh right. So Alien is about that. Uh, everything about Alien is about um men being uh sexually assaulted and impregnated. Alien is an incredibly gendered film, um, which is why the lead is, and the only one that isn't never attacked by a face hugger is a woman. And even to the point of like, you look at, sorry, this isn't an episode on Alien, but damn, I'm going to talk <laughs> about Alien tension, um, here we go. You look at H.R. Geiger's original designs, um, the head of the alien was literally a penis. Yeah, the little, like, the little mini the one that came design. out of the mouth. Or... No, 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 the full head shape. Oh. The original, uh, I think it's called like Necros or something. Um, the original artwork was literally a penis. Um, and Jock Gugu was like, maybe we should change that. And they were like, not too much. <laughs> <laughs> not too much now. But yeah, no, that's the point of Alien is it, it is incredibly gendered. It's not agendered because a woman is in the lead. It is incredibly, it's gendered specifically because of that. So um, what I was referring to more was when they were writing the characters for casting. Um, they didn't write the characters with specific genders in mind. They they cast some of them. On the, yeah. like, some of them. That is a weird rumor that ha exists. Some of them were cast deliberately to be certain genders. Hmm. Ripley was, I think, originally cast to be a woman. Some of them were. A lot of the other characters weren't. Ripley, I think, was always meant to be a woman because of the the sexual assault thing. From what I remember, a lot of the other characters were like assigned genders later during casting. But yeah, no, it's it's a really interesting thing to read about if you want to read about like the way Alien was written in comparison to the the thing, which is what we're meant to be talking about. Yeah, which is <laughs> where... based off a book, right? Yeah. Whereas yeah, like for some reason John Carpenter went film as well. This is mm. about men surviving. Yeah. I don't know. And I, I feel like that. women can also survive and have presence on a in a film, basically. Yeah. I just feel yeah. like they didn't they because it was the time the time this came out, they didn't have to justify having women in films or yeah. not having them in films, they got away with it and yeah. didn't have to put the effort in. And I think... Also, it, at that point, yeah. people would go like, well, but women don't do those kinds of jobs. Why would a woman be in a 
a facility. Be a scientist. Yeah, yeah, like at that in the eighties. Yeah, that's the way. It, and it's like there are women that went to places like that and did that, but it wasn't standardly accepted. Oh God, no, matter, it, uh, what would almost be worse if they did have a woman, but all she did was cook and clean. Yeah, <laughs> she was, she was, and was uh, like the first yeah. to die. No, she as as cook. we've established, if a woman gets a bit cold, she will die. <laughs> <laughs> Although, how great would it have been if the thing had a final girl? If it was like a woman that survived and the thing was for some reason the start of the final girl and it wasn't Halloween. <laughs> like the thing could only like affect men or something. It's to, to do with chromosomes. No, she, she's know. just not fucking dying. No. <laughs> she's just refusing to die. That would have been yeah, pretty interesting. Um, out of 10, how many fucked body parts crawling out of each other would you give this? 10. The only bad thing about this film other than there are no women in it, uh, because that's more of a meta problem, is the opening sequence. (laughs) (laughs) I hate it so much. And I hate when they're there after the opening sequence and they're like, a a thing landed. I hate it. It looks bad. There was no need for them to do it and the film would work better if they didn't. Yeah, them just just finding the UFO in the ice would have been much much better if that was the only time you see it. Just get rid of it. It doesn't need it. The thing, you're not really really sure where the the thing comes from. I really liked the finding the UFO scene, but I, I completely agree about the intro. Like, it didn't need to be there. Yeah, I like I like having the space saucer because it is like, oh shit, it's a real actual alien. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, so, um, it just, it just not, not needed in that intro scene where it crashes into the earth. Nah. That, that makes I, sense. I'm yeah. just a very big fan of implying all of that and never actually showing it. Because yeah. you don't need to with the thing. You know it's an alien. Nothing on Earth does that. No. Nothing on Earth that we know about can but do that. What we know is that it's really... If, if you don't have the fact that it's on a spaceship, you don't know that it's really, really, really... You, all you know is that it's really, really, really old. Mm. Yeah, but even, even that would be cool, fine. actually. Like some ancient organism that's frozen here. I think leaving that up... Because a lot of the film is about not knowing what is happening. Yeah. The source of the, the, the origin of the thing... The fact that they're, you know, they're they're scientists and they're obviously really invested and interested in research, and they do find something, and they actually, even though they're terrified, they're still excited about it. I think they would be anyway if it's like an. They do make that like Nobel Prize joke. Yeah, which they would if they don't bring it back. I think it would have been better without it, and it never, never really explaining where the thing comes from. Yeah, that's fair. Personally, I can fully believe if I read somewhere that that it was originally like that. And when they did test screenings, they had to add it on. I can completely see that happening because that happens a lot in films when they do test screenings and the feedback is, we don't understand where it, what is happening. Well, Jamie, yeah. what, what, do you, what do you give it out of out of 10 then? I mean, I, I agree with a lot of what Mikey said. I, I think it's a fantastic film and it, it definitely holds up real strong compared to when I watched it originally and like the many times that I've watched it since. I'm starting to realise that my my top list of films um, look kind of strange when you put them side by side because you've got like Treasure Planet, uh, Hot Fuzz, and then the fucking thing. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's so the porn movie. <laughs> Yeah, like, all, all good films. Um, <laughs> slight tonal whiplash when you go through them in order, though. Um, I, I would say a 9 out of 10, just because there are some little bits here and there which could be better. Um, I think in that, in that playlist, you do need to sandwich the thing between the other two films so that you can like go to sleep later. Cleansers. Yeah, palate cleansers. Yeah, I, I'm going to yeah. give it a 9 out of 10 as well. I really enjoyed it. Um, I Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. I would give it, yeah, 9 chomped off arms mm-hmm. out of 10. that was the first time i'd seen that that chomp scene i'd never actually seen a clip of that 
Yeah. Um, so I wasn't expecting it to go full on D and D mimic kind of. Yeah, it just opens you. up, eats his arms, like, and then, and then the head crawls yeah. off. <laughs> and like that, they actually used a double amputee in that scene, um, wearing fake arms to chop the to like do the proper. Uh, arm for a second, I thought you meant someone who had their like didn't have a head. <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, that's an impressive surgery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the visual effects are no longer that impressive uh, yeah i mean it just, it, the only thing for me that doesn't hold up or is just a bit frustrating this day and age because i think we're getting used to it actually being more you know expected is just the the, the total absence of of women that yeah. only you only see them in like posters and even then it's just pin-up girls so yeah that's that's the only thing i wish there was just a couple of girls even if they died super early on just you know girls like science too they can be killed by horrific monsters just as often as men just as terribly and nightmarishly <laughs> as men yeah exactly i uh yeah I'd, I'd say yeah just from my time watching this i definitely have to give this a 10 out of 10 pounds i lost because helena mentioned the pinball machine um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no i really enjoyed it like i i agree with um like yeah obviously not having women in it and stuff and a couple of bits that are a bit bit off but for what it is for when it was made and everything and for for how good the story and the effects in that were, yeah, I'd I'd have to give it a ten. I think this is the highest scoring movie we've had on this so yeah. far, like yeah, easily. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely think that's deserved as well, just from the sheer legacy and impact it's had on pop culture as well. Like the number of influences that you see, like the thing is exerted in like films and so like like video games as well. So um, when I say that, I of course mean Dead Space. Yeah, Dead Space. Is oh, sick, yeah. Yeah. Are you not mentioning the other one because that's what your other klaxon's going to go off for? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no one say Among Us. You really oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, with that, uh, I have been Dan. I have been Michael, I think. I've been... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even have to interrupt this time. <laughs> I've been Helena. And I'm Jamie. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Hilton Pod. That's at H-I-L-T-M-Pod. My cat is currently clawing at my hand. Um... <laughs> Yeah, uh, let, let us know what that's you think not, of... That's not the app, by the way. That's a long app. <laughs> that is that is a, a long Twitter handle. Yeah, we, we couldn't quite get that one. I kind of, at this point, assume that Jess is always clawing at you in one way or another while we're recording, and you've just really learned how to just manage it. Yeah, basically, it constantly looks like a scene from The Thing where there's a cat growing out my hand. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a, a good intro to do, but I should just say the thing. Uh, yeah, the thing. <laughs> oh no, the, the, the... <laughs> that was not meant as a joke. Oh no. Um, well, I think you've got the um, the end credit, random, unrelated end credit, yeah. but yeah.